0: had a a thought while we were doing that. It it says, I am what the Word says, I am. But the enemy's always telling us that what God's Word says is not true. Right? And you know, there's two different ways of looking. uh, There's several different ways of looking at the Word. Your perspective on how you see the Word determines on how you live the Word. For instance, right, it says, um, it says that the Bible teaches us we're supposed to reach the lost. We're supposed to reach the law. So we know it's God's will for us to do that. So there are two different ways to pray when you read that in Scripture, that God wants us to go into all the world make disciples of all nations. You can pray, God, everyone you speak to me to, to talk to about the Lord, I will do that. That's an awesome prayer. That's a valid prayer. We want you to do that. But there's other people that see the same Scripture, and they say, I'm going to witness to everyone unless you tell me not to. Which one of them are in keeping with the Word of God? Both of them are. But how you approach the Word of God will determine many times what you receive from the Word of God. It depends on your perspective. One believes God will tell them specific people who to witness to, and that's a good thing. We want to do that. Another one says, it's the God's will for me to witness to everybody. I'm going to witness to everybody until God tells me not to. Who's going to witness to more people? (laughs) Right? Right? But it depends on how you approach it. It depends on how you look at it. So um, we want the Spirit of the Lord to remove the hindrances, the blinds, the, 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 the filters that we have. And when we get into the Word of God, and the more we get into the Word of God, as He begins to do that, we might find ourselves praying a little bit differently. Right? God, if I, I, I'm i praying that, that, that if you'll just lead me to pray for the right people and they'll get healed, which is great, wonderful, because now we're praying for people to get healed. But when we start to realize, well, God, you've given me authority and power. You've told me to go and pray for the sick. I'm going to pray for everybody, and I'm going to believe that everybody's going to get healed. And what you might find is you might see a greater percentage of people getting healed because your mindset has changed. The way you approach Scripture has changed. The way you approach life has changed. Why? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Okay, Proverbs 4, 20 through 23, titled this message called God's Prescription, Uh, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now, faith, as I said before, is the currency of the kingdom. I heard that from a guy named Miles Monroe. I like it. I've adopted it to myself, and I use it quite a bit. Faith is how we appropriate the promises of God for our lives. I I feel like I have to stop here. I feel like the Lord uh, um, is just kind of whispering to me to pray against the COVID that's been breaking out a lot. Okay? So I want to do that. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over COVID. I take authority over its attack against not just our body but against uh, the city, against the areas that we live in. I take authority over the nefarious plans of those that are trying to shut uh, down different places through the COVID virus that we're not even aware of. So in the name of Jesus, we say, no, you are not allowed. You will not have your way. We command you to cease and desist your work in Jesus' mighty name. And not only do we stand against you, but we release healing. I release healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. And I just declare, Lord, what you told me, I believe you spoke this with all my heart, Lord, that everybody that was on the ship with me, that they would have no uh, uh, ill uh, effects through the COVID shot, through the COVID virus, that none of that that's going on with people would affect them. They would be safe because we prayed. It is what you said. I believe you, Lord. So we just declare that and we decree that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Now, again, if, if, if this is my own perspective, what I feel like praying, and if you don't want to receive that, you can just say, no, nope, not me. That's totally up to you, okay? So, uh, it's vi- If faith is so vital for us, the question then becomes, how do we acquire faith? The Bible not only pre- presents God's demand for faith, but also shows us how to acquire faith. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Did you notice this verse says faith comes? Right? What Paul reveals to us in this verse is that if we do not have faith, we can receive faith. How do we get it? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the source of faith is the word of God. But what does Paul mean when he uses the word hearing? How can we hear what the Bible says has to say to us. To understand what Paul is saying, we must first understand the difference between two Greek words, there are more than that, but two primary Greek words that are used to, uh, to interpret the English word word, that we use the English word word to interpret both of those by the word word. One is the word logos, the Greek word logos, one is the word rhema, but we translate both of those with the English word word. Okay? So if somebody comes up to you and say, word, say, which one? No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, sorry. So uh, first point we want to look at is logos versus rhema. So to really grasp what's being revealed by Paul, we must understand the difference between two Greek words translated by the English word word. One Greek word is logos, the other is rhema. At times the two words are used interchangeably, yet each has a distinctive special significance of its own. The word logos represents the unchanging word of God. It is God's counsel settled in eternity before time began, due to continue on into eternity long after time has run its course. Nothing that happens on the earth can ever affect or change this word that is eternal in heaven. We're talking about the word of God, right? Psalms 1:19-89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So even if someone came and burned up every single bible in the world, every trace of a bible, every last page, every last jot, every last ditto that's been j- uh, jot and tittle that's been written down, even if everything was gone, it would not eliminate the word of God because the word of God is forever settled in the heavens. Right? So the second Greek word is the word rhema. This is the difference between there is a difference between logos and rhema. While Logos is God's unchanging counsel settled forever in heaven, Rhema is the way the Holy Spirit brings a portion of the Logos down out of eternity and relates it to time and human experience. Through Rhema, Logos becomes specific and personal. Why is knowing the difference between these two words important? That question brings us to the second point we want to look at. Faith comes through hearing. Romans 10 and 17, again, faith comes through hearing. Did you know that when Paul says, 1st subpoint, uh, sub-point we want to look at is the Holy Spirit speaks. Did you know when Paul says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, he uses the Greek word rhema, not logos. Do you also happen to see how Paul pairs the words word or rhema word with hearing? So if you had that, you, you know, you had a pen... And by the way, I, I really would recommend that if you have a Bible that you don't you want to keep pristine, you don't want uh, anything to mark it up, you don't want to get any cookie smudges on it, you don't want any of that, Uh, I would really recommend you get yourself a second Bible that you don't really care that much about uh, in the sense that you can write on it, you'll underline it, mark it, circle it, you do everything to it. Have one that you do that because it's important that you can do that so you can remember the things that God is telling you. Like, for instance, in this, if you have the word faith comes by, hearing and hearing by the Word of God, you can circle the word word, and you can put the word rhema in there, right? And then, so, uh, uh, the word for word there is rhema, but Paul pairs the words rhema with hearing. We understand that in order to be heard, a word must be spoken. Who then speaks the Word of God to us? In short, it's the Spirit of God, all right? So, I can preach the Word of God. The Spirit of God can take the Word and speak it to your heart in such a way that to you it becomes a rhema. I've heard that a bunch of times. I've heard that many times. I know the verse. I can quote the verse, but all of a sudden, pooh, it just becomes personal to you. That's the Spirit of God speaking that to your heart. That's what we call a rhema word, and that's when we get to the position where we are hearing something that God wants us to understand. So uh, as we hear a word spoken to us by the Spirit, it becomes a rhema to us. It becomes alive to us, and faith is imparted to us through it, okay? In 1 Corinthians uh, 2, 10 through 12, it says, God has revealed these things to us through the Spirit, For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. The point being made is that the Holy Spirit is the one who speaks to our hearts. Apart from the Holy Spirit, there can be no rhema. In the Bible, the Logos is made available to us, but the Logos is too vast and too complex for us to comprehend or assimilate in its totality. I was just thinking about that just right now. It's kind of like, well, I want to be a physicist. So what do you do? You start to look at all the literature on what it means to be a physicist, and you're so overwhelmed, you don't know where to start. Right? Well, that's why they have schooling. Because when you go to school, what they do is they begin to show you a little bit at a time what's important. And they build on that. They build on that. You have a teacher that is teaching you, right? God's Word is so vast, it's so broad, it's so big, How, what is important for me? Well, we have a guide, we have a counselor, we have a comforter, we have the God Himself, the Spirit of God living inside of us that knows exactly what we need for this particular time, this particular situation in our life, and He speaks to us. Without the Holy Spirit, there can be no rhema. Rhema is the way the Holy Spirit brings a portion of Logos down out of eternity and relates it to time and human experience. Rhema is that portion of the total Logos that applies at a certain point in time to our particular situation. Isaiah 55, 8 and 11. The Bible says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there but waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Here, Rema is also compared to the rain and snow that brings heaven's life-giving moisture down to earth replacing barrenness with fruitfulness. Rhema brings God's ways and thoughts down to our human level and replaces our ways and thoughts with His ways and thoughts. Romans 12 and 2, Be not conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Matthew 4 and 4, uh, Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man must not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Did you notice it is a proceeding word? It is a breathe-on word. It is a word that God is speaking to us. Why did Jesus... Say the particular scriptures that he said because the Holy Spirit was bringing that and making it relevant to the situation that he was in. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. He's God. He didn't need the Holy Spirit. Well, if that's true, then why did he get baptized with the Holy Spirit? If that's that's true, you know, do you understand everything he did on this planet? He did it as a man uh, uh, being led by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. He did nothing on this earth as God. Everything he did on this planet, he did as a man. He was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Now, if I was God, I'd say, no, I'm not doing that. But he didn't function as God. He functioned as a man. See, we don't mind being led into the palace. We don't like being led into the wilderness, right? We don't like being led uh, to the highest places, But we don't like being led to the lowest places, not realizing that in order to get to the high place, you got to go low in the kingdom of God. I heard this today about Joseph. Joseph, if he had not been in prison, he would not have been available to Pharaoh to accomplish what God wanted to do in his life. Pharaoh didn't know where he was. The only way Pharaoh knew who he was is because Joseph was in one of his dungeons. But oftentimes there's another principle. If you want to go up in the kingdom of God, you've got to go down. Right? Because the way up is the way down. Because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Anyway, let me get back to the, to the text. Okay. So, uh, rhema is God's word proceeding out of God's mouth. As we continue to hear each such word that comes to us, it provides the daily bread by which we maintain our spiritual life and our ongoing walk with God. Now, give me a little picture of where I'm at right now, my own spiritual walk. Um, As I told you before, one of the things they taught me when I first got saved, they said, read the word of God. And, you know, that's what I started doing. I started reading the word of God. Now, I was always... I don't always have a right mindset. Uh, I grew up in a family that if you, uh, I don't, it wasn't taught this, but it was kind of my perception, whether it was uh, the family perception or it was just an enemy that made me think this way. Uh, you had to be, um, the, the, the mindset was the better you were, the more praise you received. Right? So you always, whatever you had to do, you had to be the best at it. That's just what we were taught. There's nothing wrong with being good at something. But the the wrong concept was, if I'm going to be good, then that's when I get more love. But see, in the kingdom of God, you're not loved because you're good. You're loved because God is love. Right? But that love strives, makes you want to be better. So you're not better for love, you're better because of love. Right? Right? So anyway, uh, I grew up thinking that way, and so when I became a Christian, it, it, it's not that it didn't serve me well, it's just there's some things in there that had to, had to get uh, dealt with, but I said, well, I'm going to read more than anybody, and I wanted to read the Bible, so I said, what do I have to do? People read the Bible through in a year, I'm going to read it through four times a year. So I'd read 13 chapters a day, because I figured out 13 chapters a day I'd get through the Bible, you know, in, in four times in a year, and I did that for 20-something years. I've read the Bible quite a bit. Love the Word of God. I, 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 I'm sometimes, you know, there are some portions of Scripture that you kind of like, you know, until you get the ones you really like. But you got to read it all, right? I tell somebody, I think I told you last week, I don't really love salad, but I eat it because my my innards say thank you very much, right? so you know that's the right thing to do so I eat it so I don't necessarily love some of these passages in in the Bible I'm not a poetry guy but I still read the Psalms because it's important I need it right there are some good things in there but anyway here lately that's been my modus operandi but here lately it seems like I can't even read a chapter really I can't really hardly read a paragraph And the Lord speaks to me right Okay, so now I have to change my way of thinking because before my way of thinking was more is better. But it's really not more is better. The reason for reading the Word of God is to connect with the God of the Word. So before I could read 13 chapters a day and I might get something good out of it or I might just have read 13 chapters a day, which there's nothing wrong with that because you're constantly putting stuff in that eventually the Holy Spirit can pull out. Because I don't know if you know this, but when you read the Word of God, you give the Spirit of God something to pull from. Right? right. right? Okay, so the more you read it, the more he has to pull from. But anyway, um, so now I just, I read a scripture and the Lord speaks to me. I just read, I went back, I said, I'm going to read Matthew again. Matthew again, I've read it before many times, I've read the genealogy before, but then I just started reading I just, through the genealogy, normally you skip through it, right, out. Ah. 14 generations, 14 generations, 14 generations. Joseph, okay? Uh, but you know, it's got four women in there. It's got Tamar, it's got Rahab, it's got uh, the wife of Uriah, which is Bathsheba, and it's got Ruth in there, you know? So I've done that before. I've, I've thought about that. I think I may have even preached on that before. But then I realized it's not four women in the genealogy, there's five. Mary, right? And all of a sudden, boom! Yeah, it's like, wow, you know, that's awesome. And I mean, my mind is just going, this is awesome. You know, I'm connecting with the Lord. And then, and then I'm reading about Joseph, and then I realized Joseph had a dream. Wow, God just seemed to speak a lot. Dreams, you know, people today said that God doesn't speak like that anymore. He doesn't do these things. Anymore. Oh, man, Just I preached that a couple weeks ago, right? How, how many supernatural ways that God spoke to his dreams and, 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 and other things. And like, wow, that's important. That's so good. And I've got another couple of messages that I, I haven't even got to Matthew chapter 5 yet. All I'm trying to say is that is that the goal of Scripture is to connect with God. And when you connect with God, the Spirit of God is speaking to you. Right? Speaking to you. That's, that's what it is. So I have to change my mentality. and We have to change our mentality too. It's, it's read in such a way where you connect with the God of the Word, right? Well, I don't have to read the Word of God for God to connect with me. But the Bible says faith comes by hearing hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You may not have to read it, but you can listen to it. You say, well, I'm not a visual learner. I'm an auditory learner. Well, listen to it. Have it playing you know, to me, if something's playing in the background, I, I, I don't pay any attention to it. It doesn't do a lot for me. I, I can, uh, sometimes I listen to music. I can't tell you sometimes I don't know what the words are because I just kind of listen to the, to, the, to the beat, the tone, whatever, and I kind of like it, you know, and every once in a while, I'll start singing something, and I'll say, "No, I don't want to do that." What was it? Uh, I was thinking about this the other day, and the reason I mentioned it is because I'm just like you. And you're just like me. You may not admit it in church, but maybe in your quiet time when you're before the Lord, you'll have to say, Yeah, yeah, I just didn't want to say anything. I was singing the song by Paul Simons, uh, something about Hello, My Old Friend, or something like that. Right. He was talking about depression. And I said, I'm not singing that. I just like the music. I didn't know that's what he was singing about. And I said, I'm not going to sing that. I'm not going to listen to that. Right? This great tune. But I don't believe in that. I'm not there. I'm not going to say something out of my mouth that I don't agree with and I don't want happening in my life. Right? I want to speak the word of God. I want the word of God to have an opportunity to become rhema to me. And when I speak, I I want to speak what God's word says because I want it to go in me and I want it to come out of me. Because it's not what goes into you, it's what comes out of you. So a lot of times we, we're like, we're funneling in the word of God, we're funneling in the word of God. Well, how do I know if I got it? Because you go through a difficulty, and when you go through a difficulty, it's not the word that comes out, but it's blankety-blank this, blankety-blank that, or I hate you, or you're so bad, or whatever. It's this woman you gave me, it's that man you gave me, it's my job, it's the, it, it, all that stuff's coming out. Well, what's happening? Well, you're, the word of God's coming in, but it's not finding root. Right? right? When you get pressed, we find out what's really inside. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get pressed anymore, then you'll never know what's really inside. Right. Right. People really, a lot of times people don't want to go to churches because of, there's other people in church. Right. Right. right? Well, I do pretty good when it's just me and God. <laughs> That's what <laughs> the bottom line is, right? It's when I get around other people that, that the, the problem is. Right? Well, let me, let me give you a clue. Right? If you're going to this church and you're having a problem that church and you're having a problem in this church and you're having a problem, it's probably not the church. Right. That's it. Right. That's it. Right. So even if it's just you and God, you're still a problem. Right. Well, how am I going to fix my problem? You've got to get around other people. Yeah. Because then you start to realize what your problem is. And when you realize what your problem is, you've got to go before the Lord and you've got to say, God, I need, I need help. But a lot of times prayer doesn't start that way. A lot of times it's God, you need to kill that person. <laughs> and the Lord said, Oh, yeah, why? Why? Tell me why. Because, and after a while you begin to realize they're not the problem. Right? right? It's a long time ago that I told this story. I won't tell the whole thing, but uh, uh, one time this, uh, I would, had gone down to a revival in Florida and oh man uh, it, was, it was really going on I was going to go down there and, and, and I had a, uh, somebody that was close to us and they had a different opinion of the revival we thought it was from the Lord they thought it wasn't problem was they were very vocal about why it wasn't so you know I used to listen to them I was young at the time listen to them listen to them listen to them but one time they said something and it just hit me the wrong way and you know what happened I got offended right I didn't call it that but that's bottom line is I got offended. And I was, I was praying about that situation. I was praying about how God needed to change them. And God said, I want you to go over there and I want you to ask them to forgive you. And I said, what? I don't think you understand, God. Here I am trying to stand up for you and stand up for all. And here they are saying this thing. And I'm the one that's got to go. I don't, I, that ain't God. That's an enemy. He said, but you're the one that's holding a grudge. They're not holding a grudge. You're holding a grudge. You need to go ask them to forgive you. Oh, uh, you know. And so anyway, I put a couple of fleece. I don't recommend that you fleece God, but I did. And it turned out God spoke to me through that. This is what I had to do. And so I went to them, and I said, would you forgive me? And they said, do I need to know what for? I said, no, just forgive me. And they said, done. And you know who got released? I did. I told you we were going to get some freedom tonight. I didn't know maybe it was going to be from unforgiveness. But the bottom line is, the only person that unforgiveness keeps in prison is the one that's holding unforgiveness. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So we're not teaching on unforgiveness, but we got to move on here. So I don't got that much time. All right. So, um, so. In the book of Proverbs, we're talking about hearing from the Word of God. In the book of Proverbs, it gives us an example. The Bible says in Proverbs 26, 4 through 5, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. So what's the advice? Don't talk to a fool, don't answer a fool, because you're going be f- to look foolish if you do. Right. Next verse, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Well, wait a minute, that's a contrary advice. Which one is God's rhema for the situation that I'm in? Well, without the Holy Spirit, it's a 50-50 chance. And if you're me, that's 100% wrong every time. However, with the leading of the Spirit, we can always make the right decision provided we listen to His voice and follow His lead in our lives. So the second thing we want to look at is believers hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. So if you say, I don't hear the voice of God, again, I will disagree with you, not because I don't believe your experience, but I think you're not seeing the whole picture. You say you don't hear God's voice, I'm saying you don't discern God's voice because if God says you hear His voice, I believe God, not you. Right? right? So I'm going to help you to try to understand. It's not that you're not hearing God's voice, it's you're not discerning God's voice. Right. A mother has the ability in a, bunch of, in a bunch of children that are out there, a mother has the ability to be able to focus in on her child's voice. Right. I would be in there and I'd say, well, I don't hear him." Right? But a mother says, they're right over there. Why? It's not that I don't hear my child. I'm just not discerning my child, and there's a difference, right? So how do we go about the task of hearing? That's where our text in Proverbs comes into play. Again, our text was, Give it my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. This verse contains the four elements that comprise hearing that imparts faith. One is, my son, give attention to my words. So we are to give close, undivided attention to what God is saying to us by his Holy Spirit. By a firm decision of our wills, we exclude all unnecessary, distracting influences and focus on the Word of God. By the way, James chapter 1 says, if any man lack wisdom, Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given to him. So, what's the promise? If you ask, you shall Receive. receive. But what is the catch? What is the caveat? Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven by the wind that tossed. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So when you're giving attention to his words, it's not like, well, let's see what God says, but let's see what, uh, uh, you know, my yoga teacher says. Let's see what God says, but then let me see what my yeah, my secular psychiatrist says as well. Right? And whichever one... I think has the better advice, that's the one I'm going to do. That's not giving careful attention to the Word. That's not giving heed to God's Word. See, that's being double-minded. So what you want to do, you want to be in a position where when you hear from God, you're saying, whatever God says, that's what I'm going to do. Even if it's hard to do. Even if it doesn't make sense to me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Right? And then it says second thing is we got to incline our, incline your ear to my sayings. That is we adopt a humble, teachable attitude toward God. We can't be praying the way that we, many of us do, which is telling God what he needs to do, how he needs to do it, and when he needs to do it. Who sits in the position of God when we pray that way? We do. He's God, we're not. So we pray, but we let God work out the details. Right? We renounce our own prejudices and preconceptions, and we accept what God is saying in its plainest and most practical meaning. Third, we do not let them depart from our eyes. That is, we focus on the word to which God has directed us. When God speaks to us a word, then you need a laser focus on what he spoke to you. Right? There are times when God has spoken to me and uh, I know it's the Lord speaking to me. In that moment, I should say, in that moment, it's so clear that God is speaking to me. But then I get out of that situation, I get out of that, that closet time with God. I get out and I start going about life. And sometimes it may be a couple of weeks, a couple of months. I start to wonder, did God really talk to me? And I gotta think to myself, no. I got to I got to rehearse in my mind what God said to me, what I'm, what's going on in my life, and I got to go back and focus on what He said because if I'm not careful, I'll start to do something different than what He said to me because He's no longer I'm I'm letting what He said to me depart from my eyes. But we can't let him depart from our eyes. And then, four, we need to keep them in the midst of our heart, even when the words are no longer before our eyes. We continue to meditate them on them in our hearts. In this way we retain them continually at the center of our beings and their influence permeates every area of our life. So we've got to learn how to meditate on the word of God. The word meditate for some, some of us, you know, if we were you know, our backgrounds, we don't always know our back. We grew up in a world. The world teaches that when you meditate, you empty your mind. Mm. Right? That's what the world teaches. So when we read the word meditate in the word of God, we think I'm going to meditate. Mm. No, that's where understanding what the Bible teaches is is real important. Meditate comes from the word that means to chew the cud. What does it mean to chew the cud? Well, I don't know if you know this, but bovines and, and, you know, animals that that eat grass, they have several stomachs. I think it's two or three, I don't remember. Three stomachs. Okay, so what they will do is they use one stomach like a catch-all. They go in and eat grass, eat grass, eat grass, eat grass, eat grass, eat grass, and they store it in that one stomach, Right? So not doing a lot for them. So what they do is and then after that stomach is full, they'll go lay down somewhere under a shade tree and, uh, you know, or somewhere where it's, you know, they, can, they can enjoy the day, and they'll begin to bring up little bits of that grass that they've eaten, and then they'll start to chew on it and chew on it and chew on it and chew on it and chew on it. And what are they doing? They're extracting all the nutrients from that. And see, meditating on the Word of God, keeping them in this or heart is like, what did I read this morning? What was God trying to tell me? Let me bring that back up and let me think about it. Let me meditate. What does this mean? And I can't tell you, you know, I, 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 this is... This time of my life has been really good because, uh, you know, I I just took one verse just the other day. It says, Jesus went around all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, teaching the good news of the kingdom, uh, healing every form of sickness and every form of disease among the people. So I want to think about that. And I just went and started thinking about it. Because a lot of times I listen to podcasts when I'm walking. I said, I just, I'm going to think about it, think about it. And the next thing you know, it's just like layers, layers started coming out, unrolling, and I started seeing, the, I wrote something, I'll probably preach it this Sunday, but, uh, you know, just thinking about, meditating upon it, it was, you're chewing the cut. it's not emptying your mind, but it's filling your mind. Right. Right. right? So I want to end with a, a, an illustration by Derek Prince, it's a little lengthy illustration, but I think you'll like it. He says uh, out of his book, Faith to Live By, during my service with the British Army in World War II, I lay sick with a chronic skin infection for 12 months, In a military hospital in Egypt, month by month, I became more convinced that the doctors did not have the means to cure me in the hot desert climate. Having recently become a Christian and having been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I had a real personal relationship with God. I felt that somehow he must have the answer to my problem, but I did not know how to find it. Over and over again, I said to myself, I know that if I had faith, God would heal me. Then I always added, but I don't have faith. Each time I said that, I found myself in what John Bunyan in his book, The Pilgrim's Pilgrim's Progress, called the slew of despond, or despond, the dark, lonely valley of despair. One day, however, a brilliant ray of light pierced the darkness. Propped up on my pillows in bed, I held uh, the Bible open across my knees, and my eyes were suddenly arrested by Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. A single word gripped my attention. It was, cometh. He was reading King James. I lay hold of one simple fact. Faith cometh. If I did not have faith, I can get it. How does faith come? I read the verse again. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I had already accepted the Bible as the word of God, so the source of faith was in my hands. But what was meant by hearing? How could I hear what the Bible had to say to me? I determined to go back to the beginning of the Bible and read it right through, book by book, in order. At the same time, I armed myself with a blue pencil intending to underline in blue every verse that dealt with the following themes, healing, health, physical strength, and long life. After about two months, I reached the book of Proverbs. There, in the fourth chapter, I found three consecutive verses that required my blue pencil. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they owe life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Logically, in order to be heard, a word must be spoken. The Holy Spirit took the very words that would meet my need at that moment and imparted his life to them. They became a rhema to me, something I could hear, a living voice speaking to my heart. God himself was speaking directly and personally to me. As I heard his words, faith came to me through them. As I was underlying these words, their meaning began to open up to me, my son. It was my father, God, speaking directly to me, his child. The message was very personal. God was telling me what his words and his sayings could be to me, health to all my flesh. How could God promise me more for my physical body than that? Health and sickness are opposites. Each excludes the other. If I could have health in all my flesh, my whole physical body, then there would be no room for sickness in it anywhere. I noticed that in the margin of my Bible, there was an alternate translation for health. It was medicine. Could God's words and sayings really be medicine for the healing of my whole body? I began to take God's word as my medicine. Since I was a hospital attendant by my military trade, I was familiar with the way people usually take their medicine. Three times daily after meals. I decided to take God's word as my medicine that way. When I made that decision, God spoke to my mind with words as clear as if I heard them audibly. When the doctor gives a person medicine, the directions for taking it are on the bottle. The passage in Proverbs is my medicine bottle and the directions are on it. You had better read them. To describe all that happened in the following months would almost require a book of its own. The army transferred me from Egypt to the Sudan, a land with one of the worst climates in Africa where temperatures reach as high as 127 degrees. Excessive heat had always aggravated my skin condition. Everything in my circumstances was opposed to my healing. Healthy men all around me were becoming sick. Gradually, however, I realized that the fulfillment of God's promise does not depend on external circumstances, but solely on meeting his conditions. So I simply continued to take my medicine three times daily after each main meal I would bow my head over my open Bible and say Lord you have promised that these words of yours will be medicine to all my flesh I'm taking them as medicine now in the name of Jesus no sudden or dramatic change took place I experienced nothing that I could describe as a miracle but after I had been in the sedan for about three months I discovered that my medicine had made good its claims I was perfectly well there was no sickness anywhere in my body I had actually received health to all my flesh. Rhema then comes to each of us directly and individually from God. It is appropriate to a specific time and place. It presupposes an ongoing personal relationship with God. By each successive rhema, God guides us in the individual walk of faith to which he has called us. So in conclusion, God's prescription for any situation we face is found in his word. As we study it, The Spirit of God whispers His directions to us. If we hear Him and heed His word, His remedy, we will find God's grace at work in us to bring His power into manifestation in us and through us as faith cometh our way through His word.